Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Claudia Adam. This week on the FemiPod, we have an incredibly powerful athlete based in New Zealand, Simone Tafunai, also known as Simi. Although her distances are the shortest of any athlete we have had on the pod so far, her list of successes are very long. Simi is a New Zealand representative sprinter as part of the New Zealand 4x100m relay for the Under-20 World Championships in 2016, but more recently has become a qualified journalist and started working as a digital sports reporter for TVNZ. Simi, how are you? Thank you for joining us. How's the day been and how's your training been lately? Um, hi, everyone. Oh, hi, you two. <laughs> I'm good. I just got back home from work. Um, yeah, she's been pretty busy. I'm still learning the ropes of being a rookie uh, sports reporter. We're having so much fun um, with the journey and yeah, training's going really well. And are you um are you competing at nationals next week, Simi? Or so no. Um, lately I've been going through a bit of trauma. Um, just recovering from a really um painful event that I finally came out and told like my support system about. So because of that, uh, my body didn't actually handle it well, and I've been going through a bit of injuries and um, just not really doing mentally well. So I decided to take a back uh, step back from competing just for a little bit. Um, and when my body has healed and my mind, um, I'll turn back. Wow. Well, I hope you're okay. And that's really brave of you. Obviously just take a step back and you know what your body needs now, I'm sure through your journey, but yeah, uh, that's really brave. Could you go a little bit deeper and tell us about your journey and how you got into sprinting and running? Yeah, sure. So, um, I got into sprinting when I was three years old. It's, um, actually crazy. The athletics club that I joined is actually behind my house, like the house that I live here now. My sister, um, joined the club and then I, the club was actually called Avondale Athletics Club. She went there and I started like watching her, you know, run, jump, all those things. And then um, I told my parents, I was like, I want to do that. And then it was to them. I just been doing athletics since I was three. Yeah, amazing. Wow, that's so young. I thought my athletic journey started early, but three, that's incredible. (laughs) What do you think the running and growing up in the athletic world, what sort of impact do you think that had on you as a young female? And, you know, we believe that there's so much power in sport for young girls. Did you find that it affected like you as a person when you're a young girl all the way through to who you are now? Yeah, it taught me a lot about um, self-confidence, taught me to be really resilient, not only when it came to situations that I um, couldn't overcome necessarily on track because I was too, I was still, you know, I would say immature, like emotionally, um, but also in life. So like if I knew that I couldn't reach a particular goal in track and field, I really had to really have to like talk myself through that. I think self-talk was came into play when I was young as well and I think that doesn't really come to play until like I don't know I just feel like athletics definitely taught me a lot of things when I was younger which I still carry on through to my adulthood which is very special to me. 
sport, well for us in particular, it's running as well, um, allows you to build your confidence and it allows you to kind of work through those challenging times and no doubt will um, it would be sport that's helping you be so resilient in these challenging situations you're facing at the moment. So we totally get that. I think the way that it um, allows you to think really positively, even when you're facing such challenges is an incredible, I guess, tool that we can have. Um, and a lot of that I credit to sport and I'm sure both of all three of us do as well. Yeah. But um, I think most importantly, like, it did shoot down my confidence a lot as well, though. I feel like um, when I was younger, I lost myself in the identity of being Simone the sprinter instead of just being Simone. So, you know, when I lost a race or didn't get the time that I wanted, I carried that disappointment and put it in other aspects of my life. And I think for me, uh, it was only just last year that I realized, like, you know, track and field is not my life. And I was like, oh, shocker. <laughs> I like like what track and field is not my life um because I I like came to terms with that I was able to make decisions like stepping back um from competing to heal my body and mind that was an easier decision to make only because you know I've matured more mentally and also I realized that like track and field is just one aspect of my life I've got other things going on and I'm okay with that and what was it what was it that I guess got you to that point to figure that out yourself it was a lot of talking from my parents um they and my mental health coach uh, my psychologist that I see now so my mental health coach is David Neath and I see a psychologist his name's also Dr Stress which is very fitting because I'm a very stressful person like I stress myself out to the max over like really unnecessary things um so I came to that conclusion last year when I decided I wanted to be happy. Um, I think happiness has been one thing that I've never really thought about. I used to put happiness with success, you know? And so like, if I didn't make a team, I would not be, I would be unhappy for so long and I would beat myself up about it. Um, so when I realized that happiness revolves around little things, not just big things. So like hanging out with my friends, having self-love time. I came to that really big realization that happiness is so important for me because if I'm happy, then I perform better. And so that was really a big mind blowing um, thing that I went through. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. Like I know I've probably suffered a little bit in the happiness thing around track and like the same thing that you went through with identifying as like a runner or a track athlete. Yeah. And I'm just realizing, you know, I think it happens as well for me, probably as I've gotten older, that if it doesn't bring me joy, then why bother doing it? Exactly. So like, why keep pushing yourself if you're getting anxious and feeling certain ways, why, why keep doing it? So it's really cool that you've come to that point and you're putting your happiness first, uh, but you're still obviously performing well because that's actually making you perform better because you're taking that stress off yourself as well. Like. My sprint coach, James Mortimer, he said a happy, uh, happy semi is a fast semi. So I always, <laughs> keep, that in mind. I always keep that in mind um, when I'm competing and when I'm training. So right now I don't feel really happy. Um, so that's why, like I said, taking a step back to, uh, from competing to find my happiness again, not just within track, but just within life. And once I find that happiness back, then I will return mm. to competing again. Okay. I think so many girls need to... Um go through that or at least learn to prioritize as well because I feel like 
we all get kind of go into this place where we're trying to succeed. And I say succeed in quotation marks at all the different things in our lives with forgetting about our mental health and our happiness. But I think if you can pr- always prioritize your happiness at the end of the day, you'll make the right decisions for you. So I love that. I love that. I mean, obviously going through challenges is never a good time, but it definitely teaches you a lot about yourself and about life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you end up building um, more resilience that you didn't know you're capable of as well. Like, you know, it was easy for me to be like, okay, so me, your body's breaking down, not doing well mentally, and that's okay. Back, like when I was not in a good place and I had to make this, this decision, I would have kept forcing myself to keep training, keep competing, even though I knew that that wasn't the best decision. So I feel like you really, like you said, um, Lydia, a lot of girls really do need to go on this journey to find their self-love, um, their self-confidence, and also find their happiness and not put happiness just specifically around track and field or running because there's more than life than track and field. That's correct. Like a sport, It's like their self-worth. Their self-worth shouldn't be based on their results or their sport. Their self-worth should be, you know, set aside from what you do as a person. It should be more about who you are and what your pur- end purpose is, I guess. Exactly. You got it. You got a queen. (laughs) (laughs) You talked a little bit before about James Mortimer and you're part of such a strong group at the moment. He's such a legend of a coach from what I've seen and I've met him a little bit. He's, he's a really cool guy, but how do you think the culture of your team contributes to your performance? Cause you obviously have some of the best sprinters in New Zealand at the moment and James is such a legend. So I'm sure that would help a little bit with the performance in track and field. Um, I think the group that he has cultivated has really helped um, not with only my, not with only my performance but with my mental health I think it's super important to have that competitiveness but I think the main thing that works with us girls is we're very respectful to each other so even though I would say 80% of the girls or 90% of the girls we're all sprinters we actually have different goals um, I mean you know we've got like Zoe Hobbs, Georgia House, Livy Wilson, Portia Bing like um us those like group of girls we're like in the relay teams for New Zealand right but we all have individual goals and those goals doesn't um cross over with our personalities they don't clash because at the end of the day we all want everyone to achieve whatever goal they've set out for each other and if they win we all win and then it just shows that James Mortimer is like freaking gangster ass at what he does and um yeah and they're all crack up like I seriously have so much love for my group they're very um they like always check up on me they always um send me messages like hey Sammy like just hoping you're okay and stuff like that and that's the kind of love that is um that I really appreciate not only from my coach but from my group I think it's so special when you see like groups of girls really just out there getting around each other and supporting one another, even when they are competitors. I think I feel like I've grown up in an era where we're always comparing ourselves to other girls. We're always in competition. We're always trying to find a seat at the table. So we are in that competitive mindset. But I feel like more recently, a lot more girls are getting behind one another, which is such a beautiful thing. And I I remember watching Zoe, the uh, snowboarder, the New Zealand Kiwi snowboarder who just won gold at the Olympics. And when she did her final run and like absolutely crushed it, everyone knew she'd won the gold. The girls who got silver and bronze like ran over and jumped on her and like hugged yeah. her and they were all like celebrating that moment together and I was just like million tears because I just 
love seeing that camaraderie between females because I definitely think there is this idea that girls just like are kind of not out for themselves but there is just like this competitive mindset and it's not our own fault it's with the you know masculine world that we've grown up in so it's yeah. just amazing when we get to see females backing each other and it's also like Esther your group as well they're very similar like you're all out there to celebrate one another which is so cool mm. I think I know for us my group we're such a big like girl supporting girls kind of vibe so like I don't know like uh, last year last season when I got my bronze medal and I crossed the line like I broke down and I didn't expect anyone to like you know hug me and stuff but like all the girls hugged me and stuff and it wasn't because I won the bronze medal it was more because they understood the journey that it took to get there and that was more emotional itself because everyone understood you know everyone understands that mental health yeah, it sucks, but it's also really hard. So then when you finally come back and you achieve that goal that you set out for yourself, you're like, not only prove to yourself, but you prove to others who go through similar situations that you do that like, yeah, it's okay to go through mental health stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, like no matter how long your journey takes, like it is doable to achieve the goal that you set out for yourself. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. my, honestly, my team is so, so, so wonderful. And I am so grateful for them. That gives me goosebumps. So I'm like nearly crazy. <laughs> uh, no, I love that. I'd love to talk a little bit more about your mental health journey if you're open and happy to speak about it. We know that your mental health took a turn for its worst when you had a physical injury. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and where you are now? Um, so right now I'm going through a little bit of a relapse. Um, I think this is probably one of the most one of the biggest relapse I've had since 2000 and would say 19. The last two years I've been pretty good like coasting. Um, so like I mentioned earlier in the podcast that um, since I've come out to my parents about a traumatic event that I experienced, I've actually been holding that traumatic experience for four years. So um, once I told my parents, uh, like just like my body just started rejecting like everything, like I couldn't sleep. Um, my body just didn't want to train and it just broke down and like no matter how many times I try to you know really psych myself up be like no you're okay um yeah I just wasn't doing well I mean I was running my my slowest times that I've ever ran in the last two competitions and um it was I was really sad because like you know I trained hard um over the winter and lockdown period like everyone else in my group and to see all that work I wouldn't say be wasted, but I know what I'm capable of and the, because I can't perform, like it really upsets me and it still does. But, you know, I've got to remember to be kind to myself because what I, what I went through, I wouldn't wish it on anyone else. But also like, it was hard. Like I'm still trying to come to terms with it still. You know what, I'm strong. Like I still turn up to training. I do what I have to do. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person and I just have to keep reminding myself that and I know that I will overcome this barrier. I've overcome things before. Um, so I know I'm going to be okay with the support system that I have. You are, you're such a strong woman and 
I think your vulnerability and willingness to open up and speak about your journey is just, yeah, I mean, we're in awe of you. And I know that when I first, you know, we started following you on Instagram and seeing you speak openly about your anxieties um, and your anxiety glasses, which I love, I love them and definitely pull on the anxiety glasses from time to time. Um, But yeah, we appreciate you being so open and you know, I think the strength that you have within you, you know, you're going to be able to get through this really tough time and it is going to make you even stronger, which is hard to see when you're in the darkness to be able to see that light, but you will 100% get through that. Yeah, I've actually come up with this new thing recently. I don't know what it is, but I have to hold people's hands when I'm out in public now. So like I have my anxiety glasses and now I'm like, got to hold people's hands, which is like, I'm not very like a very touchy person but now I am so like whoever I'm with I'm like can you hold my hand <laughs> so like my group knows like if I hang out with my friends they're like do you want me to hold your hand and I'm like yes please <laughs> I love yeah, that. it's so cute it's so cool that you have such amazing friends beside you the whole way as well um yeah. but we'll definitely hold I'll hold your hand at training because I see you there sometimes if you yeah. need to if you're friends <laughs> obviously like this question may not apply because you're you're dealing with something that you've just sort of come to terms with and it's probably hitting you more than normal like you said but what do you do daily to look after your mental health or day to day do you have things that you learned when you're probably like you know healing from that low point and obviously now you're you're not doing it as well again but what do you do day to day to sort of help you stay as happy as you can be We'll get through the day. Um, well, just recently I've come up with this thing called self-love Sydney Sundays. Um, a little bit of alliteration. I know, go off queen. <laughs> um, so I really don't, I realize I don't really invest a lot of time to myself, which is crazy because I love me, but I don't put the effort in. Like, I mean, it's not about like, you know, getting ready, like doing your hair as an effort to love yourself. I mean, like fully sitting down with my feelings, um journaling reading or watching a movie like I don't do that so um just like a couple weeks ago I was just like you know what Sunday's like my day where I don't do anything so I'm going to use that day for me so what I like to do is I either choose to watch a movie have a little nap I mean I love naps I can sleep like three times a day like I'm That's your bio, right I love naps like <laughs> so <laughs> love naps I cannot like honestly I love naps more than myself which I still want but like yeah so I either nap watch movies or I choose to go out with my friends um my psychologist recently told me that I've surround myself with people that will appreciate my energy and will look after um my energy and make it safe so um because of that um you know, I just choose whether to spend time with myself or use that self-love to spend it with people who will um, nurture my energy. So that's something that I've been doing. Um, another thing that I do during the uh, during the day uh, is I make sure that when I go to work or when I go to training that I actually go there and put, I focus at work or focus at training because that's still me time. I chose this job that I love I chose to do training in athletics because I don't get paid for it. So I make sure that I put all my focus and 100% um, energy into that. So that's still like a bit of self-love for my mental health as well. So yeah, those are little things I, I've been working on. 
That's cool. I definitely want to partake in this South love semi Sundays. I feel like, like Esther and I both need that too. Yeah, honestly, I I feel like there's a lot of people that don't really like take time out for themselves. Like we think we do, but we actually don't. No, like even sitting down and watching a movie, I feel guilty doing, you know, because you think about all the work you need to do, but you're never going to do the work to 100% if you're not like giving back to yourself. So, yeah, yeah, no, obviously you're in this challenging time at the moment with your mental health and it is affecting your physical health and your physical performance and training. I think a lot of us undermine the energy it takes when you are in a really dark place in your mind. Like I think we forget how much, how consuming it can be and how much energy goes into just, you know, your thought process and your thought patterns and that continual thought of like trying to get yourself out of a really challenging tough situation and it can have like really physical effects on your physical body as well especially your hormonal health which we will talk about soon but you know when it comes to competing do you feel like the mental health challenges that you've been through in the past affect you when you go out to race is there anything that you do when you are going into a race and potentially you have like it's obviously a high nervous system for you to be in do you do anything around like trying to bring the anxiety down when you are in a competitive mindset yeah so I have this thing where I put a smiley face on both my um both my hands um so I write the smiley face on my left hand and then my mom always always does the right but if my mom's not there then I get someone that really really means a lot to me to do it for me so um i know that they're they're safe um i trust them so then they can write on my smiley face so if you can write a smiley face on my hand that means i trust you <laughs> um so usually that's my really like it's my best friend um georgia house otherwise um i just get someone else from my um team to do it as well so doing that smiling for me is a natural thing like i I don't know what it is, but I'm either have a blank face because I'm lost or I'm smiling. There's no in between with me. Um, (laughs) So I, my psychologist said that when you smile, it automatically relaxes your body. So that's one thing that I do when I'm at the track. So even though I'm really nervous as hell, I put on that smile and then it actually becomes natural. So it goes from a force to a natural smile because then I just remind myself, like, you're here for fun. You're here because you love to run. And then that's it. Like, I don't need to tell myself anything else. And then I just let my body do the rest. So, yeah, that's my little ritual I do. That's amazing. I think I resonate with that so much because when you are relaxed, or maybe you're not relaxed, but you're having a good time, I always find that that's when I would run the best as well. And the more pressure you put on yourself, like, yeah, the less you're going to enjoy it as well. Uh, So I think that's really good advice. I might try to do that too. You might yeah, see me yeah. next time. Yeah, I need to remind myself to do that too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, a lot of people are affected by mental health issues and there may be some listeners here who potentially are going through a tough time as well. Is there any advice you could give uh, those people in the same boat as you? Honestly, uh, so right now I'm going through a breakup. So that's one thing that I'm still, I'm trying to deal with as long as the other traumatic experience. And I just feel like you have to let yourself feel those feelings because if you don't, it's going to catch up with you and it's going to hurt 10 times more. I feel like it's so important for you to allow yourself to cry, allow yourself to grieve, you know, but at the end of the day, 
make sure you come back around, reassure yourself and remind yourself you're going to be okay. You're going to be good. Um, another thing is to always surround yourself with people who got your back, who are going to support you. who's just going to give you really good energy. You know, if you're in a bad environment, you can't be, you can't give your energy to another bad environment. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You know, um, I think it's really important to have friends or family members who will be patient, who will understand what you're going through. Um, but yeah, just at the end of the day, like, just be kind to yourself um, and you're going to be okay. Even though it doesn't feel like it, trust me, you're going to be okay. That's incredible advice. <laughs> I think that's going to help a lot of people and definitely when I've been through yeah, challenging situations, I agree. I think you need to lean into those emotions and lean into those feelings. But also, yeah, talk to people, right? Like the more you can talk, the more weight it takes off your own shoulders. So I know you spoke a little bit around um, your coach, James, being there for you through these really like challenging times. How do you think coaches or people working with females should approach mental health conversations? Is there any advice you'd give to like coaches or trainers or even family members when they want to reach out and help the people around them who are struggling? Honestly, James, the best thing James did was listen. I'm a very open book in general. So like I'll tell my coach things, he'll be like, I didn't need to know that. But, <laughs> you know, the biggest thing that he gave me was a listening ear. And because of that, I was so comfortable to tell him about all the mental trauma, the mental health that I went through and going through right now. And because of that, I felt more, I felt relieved to know that A, he didn't judge me, but he, he, would never, he never would. And also B, that like, he was patient with me as well. Um, I think that's so important to um, not only listen to the person who might be going through mental health struggle, but also to know that, you know, if they're wanting to talk about it again, that you're there, you know, just to let them know, like, if you want to talk about this more, like I got you, you can always come back when you're ready. But I think it's also important for the person who is going through the mental health um, struggles to let that person know, be like, hey, are you in a comfortable mind space for me to talk about something heavy? Because I think it's really unfair well, me personally, I think it's unfair if I dump, you know, a mental health heavy talk on one of my friends who might be going through their own mental health. And um, I just feel like I don't, I wouldn't want to do that to them and make them feel guilty that they do have to listen to what I'm going through, if that makes sense. Like it works both ways, like be a listening ear for your mate, but also just give a heads up to your mate that you are going to have a mental health talk with them. Probably something I personally never actually thought about is like, yeah, this weight that I'm about to bear on someone else, are they prepared and able to yeah. deal with it? That's, yeah, thank you for that. I think that was really good. I worry. Good tips from you today, so many. <laughs> um, do you pay much attention to your hormones? And if so, do you ever adapt your training around your cycle? Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yes, I mean, hormones, sometimes we clash a lot. Like, um like in terms of like when I went on antidepressants, my hormones were like all over the place. So I had to go on my, so I had to go. I mean, I didn't really want to go on antidepressants, but like it was getting to that point where I was getting really destructive with um, my behavior. I was, you know, not doing really good things to my body. So 
the last, my like last, last ever result was antidepressants because it was more about the feel of it rather than actually like looking at it as in like, hey, this actually might be a good option for me. And also I was really immature back then. So um, I'm still on antidepressants now. We're Gucci, like I love her. Um, <laughs> and because of that, um, we call it the happy levels, but it's serotonin levels. It like balanced me out um, and my hormones balanced out, but one thing that I notice is when I have my period, I can't take load well, training load. So I just let my coach know, or he knows from the Wild AI app. I don't know if you guys heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an app. If anyone, if anyone doesn't know what it is, it's an app that like tracks your period and you put in your training regimes and all that jazz. Um, so he will look at it and be like, okay, Sim is gonna be on her period soon, so we might need to dial back our training load. Um, so yeah, my period definitely doesn't like when I train heavy because then it breaks down. Um, so I'm very aware of my hormones. I'm actually going to go see Dr. Sarah Beeble, um soon to reassess my hormones just to see um, if that's contributing to why my body's breaking down. So yeah, me and my hormones, even though we not might not be best friends, sometimes I am very self-aware and yeah, I still, I'm still educating myself around it to be fully honest. So did you, before you went on an antidepressants and maybe you just covered this, but were you having any hormonal irregularities that would like potentially due to the fact you were having these mental health challenges? Like, was there a correlation between the two? Yeah, I was actually on contraception. Um, I, I went on contraception and then I swear, like I'm no doctor or anything, but I swear that contributed to my mental health. I do know like, you know, the side effects can be depression, anxiety, um, so I noticed that I was getting more anxious and getting more depressed, like the longer I stayed on it. So when I went to Dr. Sarah Beeble, she suggested for me to come off it, um, not specifically because of my mental health, but because she noticed that I wasn't actually 100% recovering from training because of the contraception, which I thought was crazy. Like I wouldn't have known that. And because of that, I actually stopped getting injured. Not because it was just a contraception, but like that was like a contributing factor to why I was getting injured. So the more you know, the more you learn. (laughs) That's crazy. There is, you know, everyone is different and how it affects everyone is different. But for you, it's so good that you were so onto it and you had people on your side helping you to like realize that that actually probably was not helping you and your health. Um, And also so cool that James works like that. with all you ladies like and it's so interesting you say you can't handle load on your period I'm quite similar but then right. some of the girls in my group are like fuck yeah I got my period like let's go train like an animal I'm so tired yeah, yeah. I know I know right. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. yeah it's really cool awesome let's talk about your incredible career so far so you're now a digital sports reporter for TVNZ Congratulations, by the way. Like that's so awesome to see, yeah, such a young, fresh, beautiful face in the, you know, working in the media space. And we're so excited because you're coming from an athletic background, which is um, hopefully going to change some things for female sports and around athletics. But with the coverage, limited coverage of female sports, with less than four percent in the US and only seventeen percent in New Zealand being actually based around females when it comes to the sporting media. As a female journalist, what is your take on the media industry and the sporting media industry in particular, both here in New Zealand and globally? So definitely agree. There is a lack of coverage 
within um, women's um, sporting games, et cetera, et cetera. I actually um, had a, I have a really awesome mentor. Her name is Melody Robinson. Um, she's all about women in media, women in sports, getting people to, um, more women to join the table in terms of behind the scenes, you know, getting behind the camera, getting them a part of like the organizing teams who like organizing the big events. Um, recently or just last year end of the year she um had let me know that she wants me on board with the team who were like organizing like the women's rugby cup world cup that's coming up the fifa world cup for women so like um i know that her team and one new sports in general are really working hard to get that media coverage um to everyone because i don't know what it is like you know men like cool and all like guys do rugby and all that stuff but like so do we like why don't we get that coverage <laughs> like make it make sense kind of thing so um I think you know being on that team is very exciting um very very intimidating not gonna lie because I am one of the only um digital sports reporters on the team and I'm the youngest so I'm still learning to be like more confident in that sporting realm because it is predominantly males um but yeah, I'm really excited to, you know, push those stories from a female perspective and just get more like girl power, you know, onto the screen. I think that would be so dope. That would be so cool. I can't wait. So you're going to be actually on TV speaking or you get behind the scenes? No, so I will be on social media. So I like do what traditional sports reporters do, but instead I do it on social media, which I find really cool because I feel like that's more uh, my like, I think I vibe more with social media anyways. Let's be honest, people way, pay way more attention to social media these days anyway. <laughs> yeah, you, I didn't say it, you did. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I saw recently that was really, really cool for women was, I think it was Sky had all female reporters in Tokyo for the Olympic Games. There was the four, four amazing ladies there. Uh, it was really cool to see and like something that I'd probably never seen before on TV, just having all women um, as the reporters there, which is really cool. But what excites you the most about being in the media industry? Um, I think it, um, the challenges. I know that for me, um, when a challenge is when a challenge arises, I'm very eager to prove to myself that um, a I can do it, and b just like learn new experiences, new like skill sets. Um, I'm very hardworking and that hardworking ethic comes predominantly from the females from my family, especially my mom. My mom's such a hard worker. My dad is too, but like from a female perspective, my mom is like boss as like she works her ass off. And I think that work ethic has like naturally like being like embedded into me. So I feel like but what you were saying there is, you know, you're such a hard worker and you're in a team currently that's more male dominated. And maybe it's like, that would be pretty exciting what you can do with your, you know, amazing work ethic and obviously your amazing self. I think it's um, awesome that you do thrive off a challenge because I think changing the sporting media landscape is going to be a huge challenge to get more women involved. So I'm like, I'm really excited to see where your career goes and what you do with it, because I think we need more of you involved in the media industry. So, but as like an athlete, do you believe that female athletes can help shift the needle? And if yes, like, how do you think we can do that? What can we do to help to improve the state of female sport on a global stage? Um, I think just using your own platforms. I think it's really um, 
you know, that would really aid in, you know, getting more coverage around sports and women. I think, you know, the new era of digital media, it's, it's already here, you know, more people are, are on social media and digital platforms. So I think it's really important if you are able to use your platforms to voice your opinions, you know, getting um, more coverage around the sport that you may do or your friends might do. I think that's so important. You know, the, it's, you know, social media is so powerful. You don't even realize how powerful it is, like with the like button, with the share, especially the share button, that share buttons go crazy. Like I highly recommend if you have, your friend who has done really well in sports or you know or just in general if you share those achievements and successes onto your platforms then it not only shows other girls like hey we're celebrating women um, we're uplifting women then also encourages them other girls to do the same and I think that's really really important um, so that's one thing I would recommend. I mean, I do that when I see my friends winning, it doesn't even have to be with sports. Like it can be with life. I'm like, how yeah, I'm going to share this. Like, cause I'm proud of my friend. Like I'm proud of my bestie, like go off. Oh my God. I love I that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We need to do, I need to do that more often. I think I definitely have this like ebb and flow relationship with social media, but sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. And there's definitely yeah. pros and cons that come with social media. But I think if you can really lean into those pros and like actually use it as a positive platform to yeah, support and encourage females, then why are we not doing that? So I think that's a bit of a kick up the butt for me. And I'm going to start getting behind way more athletes, female athletes on social yeah, I'm watching you, Lydia. Okay. <laughs> I've put it I out there. Just <laughs> like, remember, like, it's your page. So you can do whatever the hell you want with it, you know? That's true. That's true. There's just feels like, um, and it's that, you know, fear of judgment, I think sometimes comes into play for me. And I, I feel I like, get it. Yeah, I, there's I a lot of people it. watching. Like my psychologist, like the first five minutes we were in therapy, um, he was like, I can tell you're a people pleaser. And honestly, like I already knew that by hearing from someone like just met me five minutes ago, I was just like, ouch. And I started crying. So I was just like, you don't know me like that, but that's facts. Like I actually am. So I know what you mean. Like I get really scared when I post things, but then I remember like, this is my platform. If you don't like what I have to say, then like you can always unfollow. Like it's all chill so true yeah I, I relate to that I definitely used to have anxiety with social media and I used to have this thing which I've never really talked about before but I would like imagine doing well in a race and then imagine posting about it and I was like that is not healthy I was like yeah. I'm not doing this for like that I'm doing this for myself yeah and yeah I no I can't agree but I yeah. feel like people need to remember like social media is actually not real like yeah. as hard as it is to believe like at the end of the day like you're not going to be happy based on the likes you get or the shares you get from your posts you're gonna be happy because you're happy you know that's yeah. so true wow what a note to finish on we've actually just got two quick fire questions for you before we wrap things up the first one being and you've probably got a long list of answers to this one but we'll make it short and sharp what okay. would you tell your younger self so your 15 year old self what advice would you give her um be like girl you're gonna go through some rough patches you're gonna go <laughs> life is hard all right but you're gonna be okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true you know like people sometimes try to sugarcoat life but life is hard and like it's good to be aware of that and be okay with it yeah um, like can I swear 
Can I yeah. swear? Life was fucking hard. Like no one <laughs> told me that when I was in college, okay? Like that's another thing. Sorry to go off topic. No one told me about depression and anxiety while I was in class. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you were setting me up for life. <laughs> you the know, I thought that was the reason health. why we go to school. Yeah. Yeah. The lack um, of mental health education and support we got yeah. as kids was is yeah. like tragic but it's changing which is good learning algebra or calculus like that gives me mental health issues like I want to learn how to prevent you know getting anxiety attacks and stuff not learn about it prevent Mm -hmm. you know Um, I don't understand why that's not in the education system that that would be so helpful if it if I learned what the how depression anxiety was yeah when I was having anxiety I thought I was having an asthma attack I thought I was going to die yeah yeah I feel you girl yeah it definitely needs to change a lot of the things we learn at school are not really that relevant like how often have you used that you know trigonometry thing when (laughs) really (laughs) no no, I was so bad at maths I have no idea (laughs) (laughs) um okay we've got one last quick fire question so what is your purpose on mother earth Uh, my purpose on mother earth is just to live my best life and just to give and radiate energy that I would want to receive back and also be happy like girls to me you've been through a lot like please be nice to yourself it's time to be happy yeah yeah wow considering you know you opening up about your mental health and telling us that you are going through a challenging time you have radiated so much positive energy today mm-hmm. where you've brought so much energy to this chat and we appreciate it so much and thank you for being so vulnerable I think um it is going to help so many people just you know you coming out and speaking about your challenges and giving your incredible advice so thank you so so much we can't wait to share this with our listeners thank you thank you for having me thank you guys for a great night <laughs> thank you thank you for listening to the family pod and joining us on this episode if you have any questions or feedback on this episode hit us up on instagram at femi.co or you can head to our website femi.co if you want to follow simon on instagram head to our show notes but thanks for joining us and we'll chat to you all next time